2: Here at the Black Information Network, we know how important it is for you to start your week off energized, engaged, and enlightened. So we're looking back at the weekend to bring you the biggest stories you may have missed. Stay tuned for our weekend recap featuring BIN writer and producer Maggie B. Noen. This is the Black Information Network Daily Podcast, and I'm your host, Ramses Ja. All right, Maggie B. Noen, how you doing? How was your weekend?
3: Hey, Francis. I'm wonderful. How are you?
2: I'm I'm doing very well. We obviously had a crazy weekend, a lot of crazy stuff going on. The one thing that everyone's talking about, of course, is the Oscars, but that's being covered by every media outlet, but certainly a, a big event. Obviously, the anniversary of Breonna Taylor's death, that was a big one that we had to uh to deal with around here as well of course stories about the cartel apologizing for the murders of the black travelers so forth and so on lots of stories but a couple of stories that we felt were important or that folks may have missed uh, we're going to talk about today so i'll get us started um, one story that you mentioned was the story on of course the silicon valley bank which collapsed friday in what is being called the second biggest bank failure in u.s history after A run on deposits doomed the tech focused lenders plans to raise fresh capital. Uh, Of course, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation said that it has taken control of the bank via a new entity it created called the Deposit Insurance National Bank of Santa Clara. All the bank's deposits have been transferred to the new bank. So this obviously is a big deal. Why don't you tell us a bit more about this story?
3: Yes, Ramses. This is, this is honestly, it was crazy. I started to see on Wednesday um, some messaging going around online. I do have some connections in the tech space um, as far as start, startups go. Mm-hmm. And Silicon Valley Bank was a bank that did have a lot of tech and startup companies that um, were heavily invested or had deposits in the bank. Sure. So um, word started going out on Wednesday that basically the, the business was shaky. Um, they were not able to cover their um, requested deposits and were actually trying to source money from external investors to cover that and be able to allow you know their customers to take their money out. So that then uh, basically throughout the tech industry, the startup world, it had investors, venture capitalists, contacting the founders and basically sounding the alarm and saying, move all of your money out of the account right this second. Mm. So, you know, for the most part, within five minutes, people had their money in different places. And, um, you know, as much as possible without setting off different regulatory alarms, a lot of smaller companies were able to get their money. Um, There were though just a vast number of larger entities that had more than the FDIC 250,000. So their money was up in the air. Um, over the weekend, realizing that, you know, like you said, this is the second biggest bank failure in history. And a lot of things are kind of towers, in a sense, coming down right now. So, the government, the the different people, the uh, power as it be, the people with the money, in a sense, the those that are profiting from big banks, uh, basically got together and were like, "We need to do something." So they have strategized over the weekend. They did notice that another bank, signature bank, was very close to being in the red. So instead of you know having alarms go off again and Monday morning just being an entire collapse throughout the industry they did go ahead and step in and shut down that bank as well. Mm. So at this point, um, Joe Biden, President Biden, just spoke this morning, uh, tried to calm the nerves of the country. And, you know, this is, of course, right after his jobs report uh, that did come out last, uh, I believe it was Friday or Thursday afternoon, Friday morning, that uh, basically touted record-breaking 300,000 jobs created. So, just, you know, he wasn't he wasn't pleased with this, but did have to get in front of it. So, um, you know, it, it's a cleanup job right now and we're yeah. going to have to wait and see what happens. Definitely sure. throughout the industry of, of banking through the tech world and the ripple effects it will have. It'll be very interesting to watch.
2: You know, the uh, so I happen to know that you kind of have a background in banking. So I, I know you know how serious this is and. And why particularly this story was selected for us to to cover today, because a lot of times um, we as black people, we do not enjoy the same fiscal independence that our Caucasian brothers and sisters do from institutions like these. We're very much connected to them. In other words, if the banks become insolvent, it's not like we have the same amount of investment or or, uh, passive income to rely on as our Caucasian brothers and sisters, Asian American, and so forth. And so this is something that we really do need to watch for. This is, this is kind of what I was gathering from you, right?
3: Right. So it's more so for the black community, it's going to be the ripple effects that Mm -hmm. we're going to have to watch and see the people who are directly impacted really are those that have venture funding um, founders, which are definitely not black people for the majority. It's less than, I believe it's 2% of Mm -hmm. uh, funding of venture capitalists goes to black people is the current statistic, um, and then there's investors in the bank as well, and just um, the the businesses, the big businesses that have a lot of money. So they're getting the direct impact right now, but we will have to again wait and see because yes, it is something that with crypto and um, you know AI and all the technology and and different um, opportunities that people have to invest in different places right now. I think you know the the jig is starting to be up with banking and. You know, again, banking is something that I have history with, but but the history of banking itself is rooted in slavery. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those things that was built up upon a fraudulent foundation. And you know, should the tower fall down, um, I don't know that that's the worst thing. But you know, for capitalism mm-hmm. purposes, we do need to have some type of you know banking systems. Sure. So. Again, you know, there's a lot to unpack with this and it's going to be playing out hour by hour, it looks like, as we've seen, you know, just since since Thursday night.
2: Sure, sure.
4: Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
0: Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice.
2: Black Information Network writer and producer Maggie B. Noone is here with us discussing the weekend's major stories. All right, another big story that you may have missed is uh, come. This one comes from Colin Kaepernick, right? Athlete turned activist Colin Kaepernick is opening up about his upbringing in a new graphic novel called "Change the Game." While promoting this book, he's also dishing on how Rick and Teresa Kaepernick, his adoptive parents, who are white, perpetuated anti-blackness and put him through. Very problematic things. Those are his own words. So uh Maggie, give us a bit more about this story and why it's important to have conversations like these.
3: Yeah. So this was um this is a topic that hit very close to home. And um, I like Colin Colin Kaepernick, I'm a biracial black woman. And um, unlike Colin, I was not adopted. Um, So I I have a white mother and a black father. They are married almost 40 years. So growing up in an interracial household, um, you know, the dynamics are very interesting to say the least. Um, Colin Kaepernick was basically going around, um, pr- for press, you know, talking about the new book that he's released, which is his memoir. It's going in depth about his life. It's you know going into great detail. It's talking about his trials, his tribulations, his triumphs, all of the in between. Um, yes, in that, in that story though, there is, are details regarding his experience growing up, of course, as you would expect. And he was adopted by white parents and he, you know, had experiences growing up in a predominantly white um, community that prevented him from really exploring his blackness and being able to be who he felt to be authentically himself once he, you know, really learned more about it and decided he wanted to kind of uh, engage with his culture more. So recollecting, you know, different comments that they made, basically, you know, calling him looking like a thug and just different more covert racism is what you could call it. Um, you know, he's, he's reporting this and there's been a very mixed reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, so of course there's people like me that absolutely understand. Um, I think a lot of black people perhaps can have some kind of uh, empathy and, and understanding, um, but there's also a whole nother side and even black conservatives. Uh, I was listening to some of the reports on Fox News and, and Laura Ingram. And it's just it hurts my heart to hear these people, um, especially black people, talking about Colin, just speaking about his personal experience and his personal feelings and his upbringing. Because why should he not be allowed to say that? Um, you know, some of their arguments were that he was adopted. He was he was a minority person who was basically given privileges and they didn't have to do that. So how dare he speak out against them? Mm. And, you know, I just, I I can't, um, <laughs> silencing the people that are oppressed is, is, is racism. So, um, you know, he's speaking out about the racism he received. He is now receiving racism for speaking out on the topic.
2: That's crazy how that works. You know, there's, um, something here that, uh, I liked particularly because what it does is it allows people to have conversations uh, where nuance has to be centered. You know, it has to be you have to focus on the nuance, right? Because you're right. Colin Kaepernick is a person who achieved a tremendous amount of success and then even more success after, you know, standing up for what he believes in. Um, but to even be in that position, he needed the right upbringing, the right support system, et cetera. And so we have to have a full conversation about who his parents are, what his upbringing was, and how that has impacted the way the world has come together for him. However, um, this is kind of one of those things that for me, I think that according to the world, or how about this, the world according to white people, if we're painting with broad strokes here, um, it absolutely, it absolutely looks like Colin Kaepernick might be um ungrateful right but the world according to black people again if i'm painting with broad strokes it looks like yeah well um what's what is money worth if you can't be yourself if you're afraid to be yourself if there's t- inner turmoil you know what i'm saying if if you're unsettled if the hair grows out of your head a certain way um and that looks to your parents like you're you're a little thug as he as he quoted his mom saying when he got his hair done um you know uh what is the value of the wealth that you've achieved or the the privilege that you've been afforded if you cannot exist in your own skin as a as a as a single solitary carbon unit of humanity uh with with consciousness and and You know, um, receive the experience that you have. If you're not happy within yourself, money's not going to make you happy. And so, there's lots of questions that people are asking now. Um, And I think that the conversation, of course, goes much deeper than is he ungrateful or, you know, um, is he upset about his upbringing? Because I know that on some level, a a child with no parents being adopted—that's a phenomenal story, regardless of race, regardless of sexual orientation and so forth. I believe that firmly. Um, But you also have to bear in mind that if you're going to raise someone outside of their culture and they're going to grow into a man or woman who is a reflection of that culture without a direct connection, without an understanding and an ability to love themselves for who they are and celebrate themselves for who they are, um, you might end up with problems. You might end up with disconnects or lapses in communication like this like Colin Kaepernick and his mother in this instance, I'm sure they love each other very much. In fact, you know, he, uh, talks about his parents, um, in, in the fondest of lights, you know, he, he casts them in, in a, in a very flattering light. Um, but there are definitely going to be some gaps and some, some, uh, missed opportunities we'll call them. And right. so it's, it's very important to have these conversations and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that you brought this to our attention. There's something more, more you want to add here.
3: I was just gonna say, like you say a lot, you know, there can be two truths, yeah, you know, yeah, exactly. at the same time. And mm-hmm. yes, you know, I I kind of relate my mother, she birthed me, uh, you know, naturally. So without epidural. So I I know she loves me. I know I'm 36 years old. She's helped me get to this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she's been a vessel for my provisions. Um, but you know, that was determined by our creator. And that does not, you know, change my reality of my lived experience, mm-hmm. right? Or me a black woman that just so happened to be birthed by a white woman Mm. um, or her making comments that she doesn't even realize offend, you know, or that she gets defensive and doesn't want to, you know, really unpack. So I think it's so, like you said, it's so important to have these conversations. We're really just getting started, but I do believe that it is biracial black people, you know, like Colin Kaepernick, like myself that are willing to speak out and share these stories. There's so many similarities between the the stories of the biracial black person. Um, that I believe we have the opportunity to communicate these stories in a way that we can really be bridge builders and lead us towards a more positive and peaceful future.
2: I I love it. Well, thank you very much for uh, your insight. And of course, all your hard work on these stories. Once again, today's guest, black information network news anchor, writer, and producer Maggie B. Nolan. This has been a production of the black information network. Today's show was produced by Chris Thompson. Have some thoughts you'd like to share. Use the red microphone talkback feature on the iHeartRadio app. While you're there, be sure to hit subscribe and download all of our episodes. I am your host, Ramses Jaw, on all social media. And join us tomorrow as we share our news with our voice from our perspective, right here on the Black Information Network Daily Podcast.
4: Infinity Presents, a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City.